Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. My, my aim today is just to try, we're going to be talking about the fact that the battle is the Lord's and not ours. And that is a huge subject. There is so much to talk about. Um, so my aim is not to go really in-depth today. My aim today is to encourage you because we're in a fight. My aim today is to build your faith because when we look back at the things that God has done before, it builds our faith for the things that are to come. So my aim today is to remind you of what God has done and what God has given you so that you are ready for what is to come. So I have good news and I have bad news. And I'm going to start with the bad news. And the bad news, if you have been a Christian for any length of time, you will know this. We are in a spiritual battle. When you become a Christian, when you take that step of faith, you are conscripted into war. Very often we're not told that right at the beginning. It it takes a little bit of time to work that one out. But we are in a battle, and it's ongoing all of the time. Ephesians chapter 6, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground And after you have done everything, to stand. The Apostle Paul talks a lot about this battle that we're in. And his language that he uses is really interesting. He doesn't say, do this just in case, or perhaps, if, maybe. He says, it is coming, it will happen. You are in this war. Now do these things so that you can stand. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's not sitting back on his laurels enjoying his life. He is searching for people to destroy. He's searching for marriages where he can meddle. He is searching to make things go wrong in our lives. He is particularly interested in the people who say Jesus is Lord. We have a fight for our souls every single day. He's also particularly interested in the people who are going out to tell other people about Jesus. We are in a spiritual battle. If we try and use fleshly armor to fight a spiritual battle, we're going to lose. You know, very often when there is, 
a fight between a husband and wife, it's not so much about who doesn't put the toilet seat down or up or who doesn't put the cap on the toothpaste tube. It's about the fact that there is an enemy that doesn't want that marriage to work. It's about the fact that there's an enemy that wants Christian marriages in general to fail. When we go out into the world every day and we experience difficulties, it's often not about that thing that we're facing on the surface. We have to look deeper. We have to fight the physical with the weapons in the spiritual. As Christians, that is what has to be done. Now, we might see it um, in our own lives and other people. We might see it in discouragement, depression, fear, stress, anxiety, illnesses, problems with relationships, difficulties with work. That is what we see. That is the visible, the physical, what is going on. But we need to fight all of those battles in the spiritual and the invisible world. You know, so James and I are coming up for our 24th wedding anniversary. Um, and as all marriages, we've had our ups and downs. We don't argue a whole lot. We're on a pretty even keel. But can I tell you, if we do have an argument, it will generally be on a Saturday night, right before church. It, it's uncanny. And, but the exciting thing about that is... The devil doesn't have any new tactics. He doesn't have any new strategies or new schemes. He does the same thing over and over and over again. We know. We know what his schemes are. And if we can recognize it and we can stop it right there, we've won the battle. When we are fighting in the spiritual realms, when we know what he is trying to achieve... We can fight him at his own game. Now, I do want to just give a little disclaimer here. We have to differentiate between fighting in the spiritual battle, where the devil is just trying to stop us from doing God's will, and the consequences of just bad decisions. Because sometimes we think we're fighting demons, but actually... We've just made some unwise choices. And we can change those choices, we can change those decisions, and we can make our life go in a different direction. You know, when, we, when the Bible tells us to do something and we do the opposite, we need to expect some difficulties. So we need to differentiate between those two. But if you are walking with the Lord, if you are spending time with Him, if you are listening to His voice, if you are doing the things that he's called you to do and you are experiencing difficulty, take heart because the battle is his, not yours. And he will fight it for you. Judges chapter 17 talks about how the Israelites had fallen away from God and everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. And we need to decide, are we going to be like the Israelites? Are we going to do what is right in our eyes? Or are we going to follow God's word? Because I feel like our very society or, or the very core 
of who God made us to be at the moment. He created man in his image, male and female, he created them. The very core of who God made us to be is being attacked in society today. Every step that we take out in the world is a battle, is a war as Christians. We need to be following God's word and what he says. So that's the bad news. We are in a war and it's not easy. But the good news is this. We are not alone. We have not been left to our own defenses to do our own thing. God has a plan to help us. Romans chapter 8:28, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. If we love him, if we walk in his ways and in his purpose, whatever happens on the surface will ultimately end up for our good. The few verses that precede that verse talk about how the Spirit intercedes for us. When we don't know what to pray, He prays in our stead. That's God fighting the battle for us, friends. When we are in that situation and we don't know what to do, we just say, Jesus, it's up to you. And He makes it work and He makes it happen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We have weapons, folks. We have weapons fit for purpose. God has given us strategies to be able to fight this battle that we are in. Joshua 1 verse 9, this is God talking to Joshua I'm calling Joshua to lead the Israelites, and he says to him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. In that little bit of of scripture, if you read it, (coughs) God says several times, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. Be of great courage. I am with you. I will go with you. And that promise to Joshua is a promise to you and a promise to me. The Bible says all of God's promises are yes and amen. And when we're walking in God's purpose, he is with us and fighting for us. Matthew 28, the final words that Jesus gave the commission that Jesus gave to his disciples before he left. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He's not with us just for a little bit. He's not with us just for the month after we say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow you. He's not with us just when we're in crisis. He is with us always, even to the end of the age. 
And then we go back to Ephesians 6. So we had the bad news from Paul in Ephesians 6 that we are in a battle. But the good news is this. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after having done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Friends, those are our spiritual weapons. That is our armor. And all of those are defensive weapons. We can protect ourselves. And then with the word of God, we fight. When we speak the word of God into life situations, life changes. Things happen. And that is when God fights the battle for us. There is that great scene in the Lion King movie. Do you remember the Lion King movie? It's, I was actually shocked to realize how old it is now. The Lion King movie, the first one, where the little cubs Simba and Nala go off to the elephant graveyard where they've been told not to go because it's dangerous, but they think they can handle it themselves and off they go and they find themselves surrounded by the hyenas. The hyenas are ready to take them down. They're in a corner, they're stuck, they have nowhere to go. And Simba stands his ground and he lets out as much of a roar as he can as a little cub. And the hyenas just fall about laughing because it's just like a little meow. But he stands his ground some more and he lets out another roar and suddenly there is this massive roaring sound that comes from around him. And the hyenas stand up and take note because Mufasa, his father, has arrived. And now they are fearful. Friends, that is what it is like in battle for you and me. We might be tiny, puny little human beings, but we have the Spirit of God inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the power that works in you to fight the heavenly realms. And when the devil looks at us, he sees Jesus. He hears the mighty roar of God who will fight your battles. We are no little lion cub, friends. We have the power of Jesus. Now, I I have a number of stories where God has fought battles for me. Some have been really intense battles where there's been tears and heartbreak. Others have been more lighthearted battles. Some are are very personal and not something I would share in this Um, kind of public setting. But there is one story that I want to tell you about. When I was 18, 19 years old, and I went off to America to Bible school, I was a conscientious student. Um, I was so grateful to be there. I'd come from little old Zimbabwe, um, and the fact that God made it possible for me to go all that way and to spend time learning about God and in His Word, I was so grateful. Um, and they, we had this attendance system. We had these little cards with a barcode, and each morning we'd have to go and swipe in, and we'd have to be there before, I think it was 8 o'clock, 
at the end of the day, we'd swipe out. We had an allowance of absences. Each term, we were given an allowance of absences if we were ill or had to go for appointments. We could take some time off. We had an allowance of late minutes. So if we arrived a minute after eight, that added to our allowances. But you know, I was conscientious. I got there early every day. I didn't take days off when I didn't need to. But something happened halfway through my year. God made it possible for me to go home for Christmas, which was totally unexpected. While I was home for Christmas, James proposed to me. We got engaged. And I had to go back and finish my year knowing that I had this huge event in my life coming. And it was really difficult. I got through the next semester. I, I studied. I worked. And then it came to... Uh, the summer school. So to, to complete that year, you have to do a six-week summer school. If I didn't have to do that, I could have gone home in May. But I had to wait and get through August and do summer school. And I was homesick, and I was missing James, and I was thinking about my wedding. And I took a couple of days off here and there, and I had a few lates in my attendance. And I got to the point where I only had a couple of days left, and I thought, Heidi, you've just got to press in here. You've got to do it. And we had a whole bunch of visiting children come to the college. I was working in the children's department, providing ministry to the kids of the students who were attending the Bible college. A whole bunch of new kids came, and they left. And a week later, I came down with chicken pox. And can I tell you, getting chicken pox at the age of 19 is no fun. So my two days that I had left of absence allowance just disappeared. I was, I was so ill. I was in bed for five days. I, was, I didn't eat for three days. I was completely covered in spots. It was, it was, I had no mum to look after me. It was awful. But I was worried now because I had gone over my attendance allowance. I didn't want to leave with an incomplete. I wanted to go home and plan my wedding and get married and have my diploma in place because we were planning on going back to do more study. So I was, I was upset. I was crying before the Lord. I was praying, Lord, I need you to help me. Two days before the end of the term, the entire attendance system crashed. The computer system went belly up. They lost the attendance records of every student on the campus. And so they gave every student a pass for that term. How amazing is that? <laughs> so that's a lighthearted story. God fought for me. He allowed me to get my diploma and carry on. And you know, there are harder battles that we fight. There are relationship battles. There are sickness battles. There are work battles. But friends, when we see what God has done in the past, we can trust him for the future. God will fight for you. So I want to, I hope I have time, I just want to, I want to go quickly through two stories from the Old Testament where God really did fight for his people. 
and I want to remind you what he will do for you. Can I just say, some of these stories that I'm going to talk about, if you haven't read them with your own eyes in the Bible, please go and read them. I know the Old Testament can be a tough read, and you know, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Numbers, they are tough books. But let me tell you, when you get to Joshua, Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, there's some exciting stuff in there. There are blockbuster movie stories in there. There's adventure, there's war, there's romance. Please go and read the stories because I was sat today reading uh, this week reading through these stories and I was just ready to go into battle because of what God did. So, very quickly, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, the story of Jehoshaphat. Now, he was king of Judah. There weren't many good kings of Judah. There were, um, I think all in all, between Israel and Judah, they had 19 kings and 20 kings. No kings in Israel followed God. And only eight kings in Judah followed God. Jehoshaphat was one of them. One day a messenger comes to him. A vast army is coming against you, O king. Three nations were clubbing together and coming against Judah. Jehoshaphat was afraid. But what was his response? Immediately he calls a fast in all of Judah and he inquires of the Lord, what shall we do? And he goes, there's a whole prayer written there, but at the end he says to God, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We don't know what to do. Our eyes are on you. That's a lesson for us, folks. When you don't know what to do, put your eyes on Jesus. He's the one that has what you need to win. So God speaks through a man called Jehaziel, and he says, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, it's God's. And he says, you need to go out, you're gonna march against the army, you will not have to fight this battle, take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat, is, his faith has been built up, he's ready, and what he does is he sends worshipers ahead of his army. He sends people singing praise and thanksgiving to God. And this is what the Bible says, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. The Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. They finished slaughtering the men from Seir and then helped to destroy one another. When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. The battle was won before they even got there. Because they'd inquired of the Lord, because they praised him and given thanks, and they'd done what he told them to do. And right at the end of that chapter, in verse um, 30, it says, And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Folks, that's what God will do for you when you are in 
difficult times, when you are in a battle and you are walking with him, he will fight for you. The next story that I want you to read, uh, want you to remind you of, is one that you know so well, David and Goliath. And again, if you've only heard this as a Sunday school story, please go and read the account in the Bible. It's incredible. So David the shepherd boy is sent by his dad to the battlefront where his brothers are fighting. And he is sent to bring them food and to bring word back to the dad. He is the youngest. He is the little shepherd boy. He is not a soldier. But what has he been doing for years out in the fields? If we read in the Psalms, he's been worshiping God. He has been um, nurturing his relationship with God. He knows God. He walks with God. And he goes to the battle lines and he comes up and he sees this giant, the Bible says he was nine feet tall, standing there facing the Israelite army and tormenting them, defying God, saying, send me a soldier to fight me and if you win, we will be your slaves. David looks at this and he says, who is this Philistine defying the Lord's army? David can't believe what he is witnessing. He says, how can you allow this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the God of Israel? And he goes to Saul and he says, I will fight him. And Saul looks at him. He's very small. He's not a soldier. And he says, you're not going to be able to do this, David. And David said, when when the, the bear and the lion came against me in the fields, God gave me the power and I overcame them. If I can overcome the lion and the bear, I can certainly overcome this uncircumcised Philistine who's defying the God of Israel. So Saul said, okay. Tried to put his armor on David, it didn't fit. David goes out with no sword, with five stones and a slingshot. You know the rest of the story. He brings the giant down, but I want you to listen to what he says to him. He says, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. This day, the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day, I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. And with one stone, he dropped the giant, and the Israelites won the battle. Because David knew what God wanted him to do, because he had a relationship with God, and he knew that he had God's power behind him. There are so many stories like this. When Joshua is fighting the Amalekites, and, and this is an interesting one because the battle was the Lord's, but Joshua still had to fight. Joshua was on the ground with his men fighting the war. This is the story when uh, Moses had his hands raised and they were winning the battle. And every time Moses lowered his hands, they would lose. So 
excuse me, Aaron and her helped Moses raise his hands and they won the battle. Joshua still had to fight. We may still have to fight. But ultimately God brings the victory when we do what he asks. When the Israelites crossed the Red Sea and they were afraid, they didn't know that the sea in front of them, the Egyptian army behind them, how they were complaining to Moses, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Moses said to them, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. The story of Gideon and the Midianites, where just with 300 men, he defeats a whole army. Another amazing story to read, and God is so gracious with Gideon. Gideon just, you know, he asked God for signs, and God gave them, and another sign, please, because he just wasn't sure, and another sign. And you know, right before the battle, God says to him, Gideon, if you are afraid, just go at night into the camp and listen to what they're saying. And God allowed him to hear one of the enemies talking about a dream that he had where God had given Gideon the victory. And that raised his spirits and strengthened his faith. And he did what God asked and God gave him the victory. I can stand here and tell you story after story after story. But friends, you need to get it in your heart. Whatever you're facing, whatever battle you're in, whatever difficulties you find yourself having to deal with, the battle is the Lord's. He will fight for you. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, the Lord is faithful. He will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Hebrews 10.23, he who promised is faithful. We're in a battle, but we have weapons fit for purpose, and we have the power of God behind us. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.